Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. I sure would think so. He's had an incredible year. Uh, you put those numbers up to Jason White, Sam Bradford, Baker Mayfield, and I, I don't know what they are. I don't. I'm not a stat guy. I bet they're very similar. Uh, he's had an incredible year. So uh, Brent Venables and uh, Coach Levy did an amazing job with him. And Dylan's a talented guy. I love it the way they even snuck in a few run games with him and goes in untouched for the touchdown and got a great arm you know he's accurate so uh you know people oh he missed this guy or he missed that guy you stand back there with all those 5-0 linemen and 4-D linemen chasing you around and 4-0 5-0 linemen standing in front of you that are all 6-5 you know that that's not easy that's not an easy job and uh I don't know that people respect that enough when you're the one guy back there and all those people are crowding you and chasing you it's a uh, not easy. Bob Stoops on with us yesterday talking about Dylan Gabriel and the question was, hey, I think he's got to be first team all Big 12 quarterback, right? Bob Stoops said, yeah, and then talked about DG a lot there. And yeah, uh, what, 24 hours later, a little bit more than 24 hours later, it happened. Dylan Gabriel is unanimously, Travis, unanimously the All-Big 12 first-team quarterback. Billy Bowman, not unanimous, but he's a first-teamer, along with Danny Stutzman and Drake Stoops. Ethan Downs and Andrew Rame both on the second team. So two offense, two defense on the first team. Who would we vote on right now? And text line, you're involved as, as well, obviously. But who would who would you vote on for Offensive Player of the Year for this team? Dylan Gabriel? Hard to go against a quarterback that you was uh, unanimously the 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 All Big Twelve player. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a uh, I'm gonna pull a Brent Venables and Joe C here and go with the obvious choice. I'm, I'm gonna I go see with what Gabriel. you did there. I see what yeah. you did there. Yeah. <laughs> see if everyone appreciates that or not. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Dylan Gabriel. I mean, <laughs> really want to pick Drake Stoops. Really want I to. I I get it, but he's Dylan Gabriel was awesome this year. With like forty-two uh, total touchdowns and just six interceptions this year. Yeah, it's it's hard to beat that. I mean, at, at a certain point, yes. Does he underthrow it occasionally? Sure. You know, a lot of people do. Did uh, you know? Did he? You know, maybe a couple times miss miss some guys that were open. Yeah, sure. But a lot of people do. You know, it is it is what it is, but the, the numbers don't lie, Tyler. He put up big-time stats, and luckily the Big 12 took notice, so I'm going to take notice too. Dylan Gabriel, easy answer today. Yeah, Okie Tom says uh, it goes to Dylan Gabriel with all Big 12 wide receiver Drake Stoops as the uh, runner-up, and I would go with that. Here's the tough one. Do you go with Stutzman or do you go with Bowman for um, Defensive Player of the Year on this team? If it was 75% through the year, I think Stutzman is the slam dunk answer here. But, man, I mean, Billy Bowman had an incredible, like, the entirety of his season was awesome. But the back half of his season is really, and I don't even know if most of the highlight plays were there, but just kind of some of the more memorable moments happened in the past few weeks of the season. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that's what tripped Billy up on the Thorpe Award was I think a lot of people just kind of had their minds made up and started looking at draft boards and things like that and said, oh, well, here are the defensive backs. Because there's not – I mean, forget def- forget secondary players, forget defensive players. There are not many college football players that had a better last few weeks of the season than Billy Bowman. Seriously. I mean, so I think in the totality, I think I would actually tip the scales to Billy simply because of the touchdown numbers, right? Like, I mean – it's almost as if if you would have reversed how, like, if he would have had the pick sixes earlier in the year, then he may end up being a, at least a Thorpe semifinalist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but a lot of this is, again, timing. You know, it's not their full time jobs. You know, so they just say, oh, you know, I think this looks pretty good. I mean, you know, some are saying, well, you know, Billy Bowman didn't make the you know, his conference championship game, so he won't be playing in that. We won't get to see him on the biggest stage. Well, that would make sense if one of the finalists wasn't out for the season with an injury. So it's like, okay, like, it. I think it's a classic example of there being a very fluid um, and human element to the committee that they just, I think some just don't take it too seriously, and then they try and make excuses on their way out. Uh, 785 from the state of Kansas. Weird that Billy Bowman wasn't unanimous first team when he was honorable mention for defensive player of the year. Yeah, I don't know who else got votes at his position, but seeing as how he ended the year and, and maybe since he didn't play everyone, not everyone got a chance to see him play up close and personal, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I guess I would have thought before he had a good chance to be unanimous. And, and maybe he was really close to it. Maybe he missed it by like one vote. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that as well. But we watched every yeah. single snap that he had this year. Yeah, it's just – and, and part of it I – mean, we've talked about this in the past, Tyler. Part of it was he's not on a dominant defense. And you need to be – like, you just need to be on a dominant defense. Yes, this, this defense had its moments. It definitely improved. But a lot of those, a lot of those guys you look at, I mean – Iowa doesn't even have an offense, and they're playing in the Big 12 championship. Like, literally doesn't have an offense. They, the, the odds are that they will or will not score one point against Michigan. So, of course, they're going to have a defender on there. So, a lot of it is narrative-driven. You've got to be on a really good defense. And, yeah, just the timing worked against him, man. 405, several of Gabriel's perfectly thrown passes were dropped this season, too. Stats would have been even better otherwise. Uh, yeah. Cherokee Sooner says, O, Drake Stoops, D, Billy Bowman, ST, special teams, anyone but Zach Schmidt. Oh, um, man. <laughs> 918, Jeez. DG for sure. Without him, we lose that Texas game. That is that that is, that is accurate. I, I would argue that we lose many more games than just the Texas game if we don't have Dylan Gabriel this year. Okie Tom, I'm hoping Stutzman comes back for another year. Yes. Yes. Uh, if, and, if, if Bowman and Stutzman come back, man. It's going to change a lot of people. I don't know what the opinion is now about next year or, or this defense, seeing as how the defense ended the year. Probably not everyone's super stoked uh, about it right now. Hopefully it performs better in the bowl game. But if you get Bowman and Stutzman to come back, that's going to make, I would think, everyone feel a lot better about going into next year. I mean, it has to. You're, you're talking about two potential all-SEC guys next year. They're that well, and t- not those types of players. And not only, Tyler, like the fans feeling a lot better, maybe you and I feeling a lot better about going into the SEC. How about 
you know, Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis and Jaron Kanick and, and RSJ and Peyton Bowen, how much more confident are they going into the SEC, right, knowing that they have, you know, two, again, all SEC-type players that are on that defense with them that can lead them, that can continue to mentor them, coach them, things like that. Like, I, I think it, it – it, it, it would be good news for every single person that is even marginally involved with OU football. In case you missed it, uh, it was reported last night. It is official today. Uh, yeah, it is official by OU that you got uh, Joe John Finley and Seth Luttrell as co-OC. Seth Luttrell will call the plays. He'll be the quarterback's coach. Joe John is co-OC. He won't be calling the plays, but he still will be the uh, the tight ends coach. So, let, let's go with this. What's the what's the early feel on how the offense is going to look different next year as opposed to this year? Many, I'm sure, will say, less jet sweeps, please. Less jet sweeps than last year. Let's hope that's the case. But what's your feel on how the offense, either play-calling-wise, structurally, whatever, is going to look different than it was this past season? I think that... I think part of the reason that it's going to look different, Tyler, first of all, is that I think BV is going to continue to stress that, hey, we need to use pace as a weapon, not pace as an identity. And if you notice, year one to year two, we ran significantly less snaps. Um, and I think that was just BV growing as a head coach and saying what he wanted. Now you get Seth Luttrell in there. I think you'll see a couple just – get under center every once in a while. I know he runs an air raid, you know, kind of his version of the air raid, which will combine with, you know, Lebby's or Bryles's veer concept. So you'll, you'll definitely see a, a hybrid type situation. But I also think that you'll see kind of an offense that we saw down the stretch, right? Because when Gavin Sawchuck emerged and went four straight games of 100 yards rushing, like, you stopped seeing a ton of jet sweeps, right? Like, we ran way more jet sweeps at the beginning of the year than we did at the end. And it was because if you want to hashtag score from far, if you want to air raid, if you will, you're going to have to pull safeties down. Like, you have to load the box. So I don't think you see very many jet sweeps at all, but I think part of that is is just because I think the run game is going to be really good. Well, I mean, you hope so, right? You hope it doesn't take them, you know, five, six, seven weeks to get going with, with the mm-hmm. offensive line. And and they're going to have to replace some starters there, probably three most likely. You feel good about the two other starters that you bring back that are both young. But, yeah, man, that is – that's important any year, but it's important your first year in the SEC is what you're saying is is dead on that you're able to run north and south with Gavin Sawchuck without having to get cute going sideline to sideline too much. I mean, that's, right, because, that's, a, that's a huge deal. Because they needed to manufacture something in the short yardage, right? Like, the whole idea is, hey, we're going to make you use all 53.3 yards of the field going side to side. We're going to go side to side. But you really, like I said, you didn't see that that much once Gavin Sawchuck started going. You started seeing deep shots. I mean, the game against West Virginia, I mean – that was as good as the offenses looked all year. I mean, obviously, TCU looked really good as well. You scored 69 points, obviously, well, 62 points for the offense. But it really it really felt like they were finally finding their groove of being able to open up com- the complete offense. And I think you continue to see that transformation, that evolution. And I think that's why Brent Venables was really, you know, he had said he wants to keep the same offense or at least – 
an offense that looks a lot like it because I think down the stretch of the season he started to see, okay, now this is exactly what we wanted. We're finally seeing it. Let's not lose that momentum, and now let's just build on it. But Not to get too off topic here, but it's something we haven't talked a lot about since the final regular season game, something that we'll get way more into in the off season is, you know, a month ago, if you would have thought about your first year in the SEC and your run game situation, oh, my gosh. Well, who's who's the running back that you feel good about going in the SEC? Do we got to go to the portal to get a big-time running back? Are we going to have to count on Taylor Tatum year one to get a lot of carries? Gavin Sawchuk has calmed a lot of those nerves, you know? And, and I do think that you need to have more production around him and not be not be the only guy down the stretch that you can count on. And, and maybe Tawi Walker still a factor next year. But Gavin Saw, Sawchuk seems to be your running back one looking way too ahead to next year. That, that feels like that's going to be your number one back next season. Yeah, he's the leader in the clubhouse. At least we know that much, right, Tyler? Yeah. So you can't have that finish of the season and not be leader in the clubhouse. There's no doubt about that. I'll be interested to see what Dalen Smothers does and what Caleb Hicks do with another year of coaching, another year of Schmitty. Uh, you know, obviously Taylor Tatum, number one back in the country, and you've got Andy Bass coming in and Xavier Robinson, who is, again, one of the one of the biggest physical freaks I've seen in the high school game in a long time. You've got these guys coming in, but – don't forget, man, Caleb Hicks and Dalen Smothers were highly touted backs and both had their moments this season where they looked good. Brent from Jinx says, oh, you ran less jet sweeps because the ref army via Twitter. <laughs> bullying don't, works occasionally. Don't only give, don't give only the when army, you're bullying play callers. Don't give the army that much power. Or or do, because everyone was, was right on that one. They were. Josh in Tulsa, OU really needs to cool the tempo on offense to help themselves on offense and defense. It's null and void when teams within the current rules can stop it with the, quote, injuries. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that, I mean, the, the numbers back it up that we went slower this year than we did last year. And I do think, you know, we talk about it over and over, speed should be and I think will be used as a weapon as opposed to an identity. So if you do that and you could, because I think there's a ton of value in, hey, Let's go quick. After this first down, we caught him off guard. You know, we were able to get 12 men on the field. We caught him, you know, caught him falling asleep, this, that, and the other. Like, there's value to being able to do it, but you it can't become a crutch. Like, you can't just become completely inept once you try and, you know, shift down. Sure. Sean says less Gavin Freeman will be the difference next year to this past year. Was that Sean or Roger in L.A.? Uh, I think it's. I think they're sharing a uh, sharing an account right now. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, got it. 5-8-0, who's QB1 in a bowl game, and does GG go to the NFL or Mississippi State? I think QB1 in the bowl game will be Dylan Gabriel. Um, I think potentially neither for NFL or Mississippi State. If DG's going to go to the portal, I mean, I, I understand that he has the continuity with Levy and the familiarity with the offense, but I think he could end up at a better program than Mississippi State if he wanted to. There's a lot of teams out there that need a quarterback, especially on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, and, and and we mentioned it earlier, right? This isn't exactly the most, I don't know, loaded transfer portal quarterback class compared to years past. So Dylan Gabriel will certainly be, I mean, one of the one of the top names if he were to enter the portal. But look, I think that a I 100% fully expect him to play in the bowl game. Uh, he can still climb up that all-time passing list. I think he's just behind Ty Detmer right now. So I think he can do that. 
And I think he wants one last game with, obviously, like Drake Stoops and yeah. those kind of guys. I feel pretty good he's going to play in the bowl game, but, regardless but of where as, it is. As far as his prospects afterwards, I, I, I think – you don't want to spend another year in college because you get another year older, which draft scouts don't like. And this is a guy who's missed time to injury, what, every year in the last three, four? So I think it's another year on your body with some injury history. I think you're probably not going to have a year wherever you end up that's better than what this past year was, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, from a completion percentage standpoint. I mean, Heisman candidate in the middle of the season. But 1.52 million. Uh, Matt Rule said it today. You, you can yeah. make a lot of money if you're a if you're a good quarterback in the portal, and he he get paid by somebody. Well, yeah, Nebraska has to pay that much money for people to go out to Lincoln and play under him and his five and seven butt. But it's yeah, that, that's the thing is if you're gonna if if he has any NFL aspirations, I feel like you got to go now. Because I feel like your stock diminishes after next year. Or, at minimum, you risk your stock just tanking next year. By the way, Rattler is uh, heading to the NFL draft. He announced yes, that sir. today. So, there he's you go. Gonna, he's going to tear up his pro day. Yeah, I, uh, I wonder where he's going to fall in the draft. Uh, in, in, in this is a good uh, – well, it's a top-heavy draft class, I guess, right? Um I'd be interested to see where, where Rattler gets drafted this year. 405 651 39 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Texas fans are just all sorts of mad today. They're all mad that Mike Gundy Aww. is Big 12 Coach of the Year. They're mad at the playoff committee. They're mad at everything. Uh, we'll take a look at where OU's ranked, what they might have, need to happen to get into a New Year's Six Bowl game, and a whole lot more college football right here on The Ref. Join the movement. The Ref Army is growing. Don't miss a second of the Sooner coverage you want with the KREF app, the number one source for Sooner fans. There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course... The way up at number five, Texas has no chance to reach the college football playoff. Well, let's let's hold on a second. Um, Florida State's still got to play with the backup quarterback. Some things have to happen. I wouldn't say that it's 0% chance here, and I've seen the committee do some very interesting things with the last set of rankings but right now, Texas is ranked 7th with one game to go. And this is the funny part, Travis. How many times before the year, and you've never been able to say this, at least not recently, a one-loss Texas who's a conference champ with a win at Alabama, how many times do you think before the year, what percentage would you put it at that Texas would be a playoff team in a 14 playoff? 99.9? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I'm sure FPI – well, FPI had us above them for a while, which is just was weird. We never trusted FPI. But, yeah, at Bama, oof, yeah, it's up there, no doubt about it. I mean, it. just a one-loss Texas on its own, you know. And, well, they've right. never been in the playoff. The committee will really want Texas to be in there. Right, because that, of that the... market size. <laughs> yeah. But then you, you pair that with the win at Alabama and they still might not even get in the playoff? Oh, I mean, that's well, that's that's funny stuff. It, well, it that, is. That's what's crazy because, you know, you want to say this, market this, market that. But, Tyler, you and I know none of these rankings matter because these are for ratings and people can, you know, wring their hands and everything like that. The last playoff rankings are the only ones that matter. And, Tyler, so often they're completely different. Oh, yeah. 
Well, with the, the no, first the first set. I mean, clearly that's that's the example here. Right, but with like no explanation. I mean, you look back at uh, what TCU Baylor, yep. and it's like, oh, yep, we dropped him. Why? Well, you know, you know, another data point. TCU like, was at three, hammered Iowa State that week, and then went from three to second to last to like five or six. That, right, exactly. So it's like they will choose who they want to choose, but at the end of the day, I think that. Like, who are your win and end teams, right? Like, your win and end teams are Florida State because they're not leaving out an undefeated Power 5 champion. Don't tell that to Kirk Herbstreet. Why? Do we really think they're one of the four best teams where we just feel bad for them? Why? Kirk wasn't having that. But if you hey. go undefeated, you gotta you got to put the team in, I, I think. Undefeated Power 5 team that has one of the best out-of-conference wins of the year against LSU. They hammered them, um, too. Yeah, and then... Michigan, obviously, winning your in. Washington, winning your in. And Georgia. And Georgia, winning your in. So, I mean, Texas doesn't have a better argument than any of those because they're undefeated. So it's like, I don't know. It's it, 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 the funniest possible outcome, Tyler, could absolutely happen if they win the Big 12 championship game and they get left, left out of the playoff despite beating Bama. Like, it would be it would be hilarious yeah now it might cost OU a chance at a uh, New Year's Six Bowl game but that is a chance that I'm willing to take to be able to because uh, a one loss OU has gotten in before losing to five and seven Texas or losing to Iowa State at home OU's always gotten in as a one loss team right and sometimes they've gotten in rather easily and if Texas is a one loss conference champ with a win at Alabama and they don't get in that that'll be pretty funny man God, it, it would be, be, but be they would, but they would have no argument, right? I mean, they're literally the only thing that would have kept them out of the playoff is shouldn't have lost to Oklahoma. The only way that they'll really have an argument is if Alabama gets in over them. You know what I mean? Like if there's one spot left and Bama's in when they beat them head to head, maybe that happens. Yeah. I mean, Alabama's clearly going to have to beat Georgia, but um... <laughs> but it would be whether you judge them on their wins or their losses, right? Because yeah, I mean. In that scenario, Alabama would have the better win and the better loss because your your loss would be to, you know, top six or top seven, whatever they are at the time, Texas, and your win would be over undefeated Georgia in the SEC championship. And then, like, Texas's win, best win at that point, yeah, it's over Bama. But then their loss is to lowly old Oklahoma hanging out down there at 10 or something like that. It would. I, I get the head-to-head argument for sure, but do you really expect, even as much as they want Texas in probably, do you really expect them to leave Alabama out if they beat Georgia? No, and they're just in Georgia's, what, 29-game win streak? Is that is that what it's – which yeah. is getting uh, uncomfortably close, by yeah, the way. A little uncomfortable, you know? yeah. We were discussing today that um, if anyone ever gets to 46 – and I don't think anyone's ever going to get to to forty seven or, or even forty six. I think forty seven game win streak is going to to live on as long as we play college football, especially in the new format. But whoever, if anyone ever, if I'm wrong and someone gets to forty six, they have to play OU regardless of where they're at in their season. If it's in like week eight, then Georgia has to come to Norman to play OU to get to forty seven. Them should be the rules when it comes to the record. Yeah. See, that's. That's my thing is we may not even have to move it because if you just do kind of do the math on it, right, like if they get to what they would be playoff like 31, 32, 
something like that. And then we calculated it up earlier. It, it looks, it feels like it would be in the uh, in the playoff next year. One of the playoff games where they could where they could tie it or or even break it. Well, there's good news that it's going to be a tough game. How about this? How about we play them in the playoffs? That's what, yeah, at 46 it. and in the streak. Oh, oh. be amazing. Oh. Take that, Kirby. Oh, I'd love that. I would love that. But yeah, the uh, it, it just feels like you you have an opportunity for Alabama to get in over Texas, and I don't think I just simply don't think the committee can leave them out. I, it's there. If what happens, like if we go by the the betting spreads, and Texas is like a fourteen and a half point favorite, like if it's pretty much chalk this weekend, boy, everyone's going to have their case for a twelve team playoff next year, aren't they? See, oh, this yeah. is why we need an expanded playoff. Twelve teams, a situation like this. The best this part is, is Texas fans have been telling us for I don't know our whole lives that conference championships don't matter. And that they play for national titles? Huh. Interesting. Well, they have less of both, but okay. Right, but that would be that's what because they talk about. Oh, yeah, you guys keep talking about conference championships. We don't even care about those at Texas. Okay, well, you're gonna. It's it might be all you have to brag about after this season because you lost us and you wouldn't have made the playoffs. So, oh man, the 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 possibilities are endless, Tyler. Yeah, OU Arizona in the Alamo Bowl is what you're seeing a lot of right now. Um, a couple of projections out there have OU in a New Year's Six Bowl, which would be awesome. OU in Washington in the Fiesta Bowl is one I saw yesterday. Uh, sign me up for that one, please. You would get credit for beating Washington in a bowl game like a Fiesta Bowl game. And that'd be a lot of fun, too. But is it as simple as, and, and this is a tough place to get to here, hoping Texas gets in the playoff mm. so you can get into a New Year's Six Bowl game? Is that the, pretty much the situation for OU at this point? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I think that if you go to a bowl game that's not the playoff, it kind of is what it is. Yes, New Year's Six has incredible tradition. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bigger game, of course, against a bigger opponent. But I, I just – I think for recruiting purposes, I don't think you want – I think you want Texas's national championship hopes to end as soon as they can. Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that they'd win the national championship even if they made the playoff, but I, right. I see what you're – But there, I know they won't if they don't make the playoff. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can still sell a, uh, a semifinal uh, appearance, I guess, but – they, yeah, they're, they're, they'll probably get housed in the uh, in the first round there with Quinn Ewers at quarterback. Well, the best of both worlds is that Texas, you know, if Texas wins the Big Twelve championship and then lose and then doesn't make the playoff, we get to laugh at them for that. And then they get matched up in a New Year's Six bowl and lose that bowl game, and Oklahoma ends up an eleven win team because they win their bowl game. Like that is that is how the dominoes need to fall for Oklahoma to have top-level comedy and top-level recruiting power. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't want to see Texas in a playoff just so oh, you can get in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Like, that would be nice, but this is not – like regardless of what New Year's Six Bowl game they're in and who they're playing, that's not the peak of bowl games that we've you know, witnessed the past even five years. You, you see what I'm getting at? Like, if it was the biggest bowl game that OU had played in in a decade – and if it meant your rival going to the playoff, then maybe. But I don't know, man. Like the past 15, 20 years, if they were to make a New Year's Six Bowl game, it still, fall, it still falls pretty far down the 
down the pecking order here as to big bowl games you played recently. So, no, no Texas in the playoff. No Texas in the playoff. That's, that's yep. my final answer here. No Texas in the playoff. I, I, I couldn't agree more, like I said. That, that scenario, and, and like I said, it's on the table. It's very squarely on the table because they don't have arguments over an undefeated Power 5 champion. No, I, they, they, they don't. So if Georgia wins, if Michigan wins, if Florida State wins, if Washington wins, hell, maybe if Oregon wins, if that's the, if that's the one undefeated uh, or one lost team that does win, then Texas may still be out in that scenario. God willing. The sentiment from last night is, well, Texas really need to play OU. Really needed to play OU on Saturday. That's what needed to happen. Not going to yep. get as much credit for that Oklahoma State win. Nope, nope, definitely not, definitely not. But, hey, that's that's what's great is, you know, sure, they took care of business in conference. They beat us. I get it. But that, that loss to South Alabama pretty much guaranteed that Texas will get zero credit. Well, what, they beat them by two scores? South Alabama beat them by, beat them by four scores. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, nine one eight horns embarrass the pokes miss playoff get beat by Tulane that's what we want God, God. that is perfect God hang that, that would be hang that text in the li- that's that's great yes that's that would be amazing ask, God that would be amazing ask, with Tulane would start to be almost like a Utah to us right because they would have beaten Texas and Muleshoe in bowl games Yeah we would all join in a uh, circle at the fifty yard line next year when they come to town. Oh, we would shower them. We would give them free ice cream at the end of the first quarter is what we hey, would we'll, do. Ice we'll cream put their logo back on the field. Yeah, yeah, like they did last time. Seriously. We have the stencil. Uh, 405-651-3439. For the 405, ask the Army who they are for in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, we did that earlier. Mostly got Texas responses there, some Oklahoma State responses. Bob Stoop said with us yesterday he's rooting for OSU. But, yeah, if you uh, you have an opinion on who you'd most like to see get beat in that game, not root for, uh, hit us up on the text line. We'll get to that and the big stories in college football coming up next right here on The Ref. Join the movement. The Ref Army is growing. Don't miss a second of the Sooner coverage you want with the KREF app, the number one source for Sooner fans. It's the season for giving thanks, and Dorsey Jones in El Reno wants to thank you by offering the nicest selection on all new 2023 Buicks, like the 2023 Buick Envisions. Take up to $7,000 off the MSRP for qualified buyers, several to choose from. Gave me lots of opportunities I wouldn't have had otherwise with my career. Please stay in school and try your best. You never know where a good education might take you. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Tell me if you could envision this. Danny Stutzman dressed up as Santa Claus this weekend. Could you see it? Oh, uh, oh! I've seen the photos. Yeah, I've seen the photos of him recreating his uh, Red River pose with one leg over the other, and instead of a cigar, <laughs> he's got a candy cane. It is, uh, it is elite. Doing awesome work there with Meals on Wheels, um, Summer McGuire there. That's that's something Baker Mayfield uh, obviously is very involved in uh, Meals on Wheels there in Norman. Now Danny Stutzman doing it as well. Love to see. It's a great yep. organization. Danny Stutzman will dress up in a Santa costume this Sunday, December 3rd, from 4 to 6 p.m. at the new Beanstalk Snow location in downtown Norman. He'll dress up as Santa. 
and individuals and groups will have the opportunity to take pics with Danny for 10 bucks each. He will autograph the photos for an additional additional 15 bucks. Meals on Wheels will be selling raffle tickets for an autograph framed jersey and a portion or a percentage of the sales from Beanstalk during this time will be donated to Meals on Wheels as well. But Danny Stutzman and his group from his communications capstone class were given the project to host a fundraiser for a nonprofit organization. He volunteered through Soul Missions with Meals on Wheels last year, and he encouraged his group to choose Meals on Wheels, and they did. So Danny Stutzman of Santa Claus. We'll be seeing photos of that, I'm sure, circulate on Sunday. That, that'll that be – he has the personality of Santa Claus. That's that's for sure. He'll, he'll do great with that. Yeah, no, he, he's going to do fantastic with that. And, and it's, you know, it's that kind of stuff that I think it got set up through the Soul Mission, things like that. Like, that's the kind of stuff that matters, man. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, people come back for. Like you said, when Baker comes back, he still works with Meals on Wheels for his, you know, a golf event that he does. Like, that's stuff that is long-lasting in the community. That is years after they're playing in the NFL, things like that, they come back and they still give back to the community. So, awesome on Danny's part. Most watched college football games, uh, the numbers are out. I want to guess which game was watched the most in the regular season. Oh, God, is it something involving Colorado? I know there are two on the list, that Colorado-Oregon game, but Ohio State and Michigan, 19.1 million. Nine million more than the next watched game. Of Colorado and Oregon, 10.03 million. Oh, yeah, dude. 19 million. The drama added to it. It was big noon kickoff. It was the best game on during that time. Yeah, that was a ratings bonanza, that Ohio State-Michigan game. It's one for every dollar you got to pay a portal quarterback, according to Matt Rule. (laughs) That's that's exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right. Quote, make no mistake, a good quarterback in the portal cost $1 million. To 1.5 million to 2 million right now. So just we're on the same page, right? Let's make sure we all understand what's happening. There are some teams that have six to seven million dollar players playing for them, in quotes. I just wish he would have added it it costs them to to come play in Nebraska. Because uh, I don't know, it, it, it's it's different. Co- companies are different, all hiring practices are different. If I'm a portal quarterback, you're gonna have to pay me more to go you know, play quarterback for five and seven Matt Rule at Nebraska as opposed to, uh, I don't know, Norman or Tuscaloosa or Athens or something like that. I might give them a little bit of a hometown discount. What do you think? Uh, well, you, you play in less games for your money if you're at Nebraska. You'll have <laughs> that's, to, uh, 12 that's games true. to get your $2 million, you know? It's that's pretty, true. Pretty good deal. Good bang for your buck there as a player. Uh, okay, Big 12 list was released today. The Offensive Player of the Year was Ollie Gordon. In, any issue there? No, no, uh, he's really good. I mean, I think some need to pump the brakes on comparing him to Adrian Peterson I and whatnot. I saw that. Hmm. That's just irresponsible. Uh, but, no, I think uh, I, I think he's had a heck of a year, man. Uh, the statistics back it up. Uh, I think that if he had, like I said, I think if he wouldn't have put out a stinker against UCF, that he probably would have been getting some, some Heisman love. But... Unfortunately, just the way the schedule falls uh, and and the way his performances fell, the timing wasn't right for him. Much like we discussed with Billy Bowman in the Thorpe Award, the timing's got to be right for a lot of these things. But, yeah, I would say that he's deserving for sure. Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year was Texas defensive lineman Tavondre Sweat. I don't, I don't think that's a huge um, surprise either. I mean, Texas had, that, a, uh, had a good it, year. Isn't that Caden Green's kid? 
<laughs> he did dominate him when Caden yeah, Green was in the lineup in Dallas. Yeah, that did I happen. That, was him. that that is a thing that happened in the Cotton well, Bowl this year. You know what? Good for Caden Green, a proud father. Offensive, awesome for him. offensive freshman of the year, Rocco Beck of Iowa State. Offensive newcomer was A.D. Mitchell of Texas. He he had a really good year. Um, and then coach of the year was OSU's Mike Gundy. And uh, Texas fans, like I said, weren't happy about that. I'm sure some other fan bases weren't either. I think Nick Anderson's technically a freshman. I would have loved to, to see him uh, get that award because he's a redshirt freshman, so I think he's still eligible for it. So I think uh, I think – Theoretically, I would say he had a better year than Rocco Becht. But, you know, quarterbacks are out there every play. Today in the portal, and I'm, I'm going to miss about 10 to 15 players every single day when we start doing this from here on out. Um, K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas, quarterbacks in the portal. Jalen Conyers, uh, former Sooner. He was here one year as a tight end. He's in the portal from Arizona State. Grayson McCall at quarterback. Riley Leonard from Duke, uh, quarterback, is in the portal. So, I... I mean, Max you know, Brown, quarterback from Florida. Yeah. Um, I mean, quarterbacks on quarterbacks really are out there, and there are going to be some that are going to be kind of screwed, Tyler. <laughs> and uh, they're not, they're not going to – this this happens every year in the portal. I man. think there's a, a lot of these names that we could see next year. Uh, maybe you see K.J. Jefferson at, like, a South Carolina. I think Will Howard had Auburn as one of the schools that he like. There, there's a chance a lot of these names that we're talking about are starters for SEC teams next year, and and we're talking about them in what nine, ten months' time, however long. If, if that's the case, it might be a down year for quarterback play in the SEC. Ah, well, that'd be a nice welcome to the SEC, wouldn't it? Yeah. You face off against KJ Jefferson, Will Howard, and I'll I'll take my chances there. <laughs> exactly, we'll take it. <laughs> um, I- any thoughts from the SEC schedule leak? Tennessee, your first ever. SEC game, you get that one at home and Bama in in late November. Like it, love it, hate it. You know, I I would have loved to open with Bama, but I think having Bama at home on Thanksgiving weekend is going to make for one of the most memorable experiences for every Sooner fan that's able to be there, even if they're just there in town, because you already have a bunch of family together. It's always a good time. It's going to feel like football weather most likely, and uh, you know you would. You would hope that that's a night game, so I mean that's that has the opportunity to be have to with all of the extracurriculars around the holiday. It has the opportunity to be an all timer in Norman. I don't mind that those two games, like those are the two most anticipated home games next year for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. not the main game, um, uh, not even the South Carolina game. It's Bama and Tennessee, and I think it's cool that you get one early and you get one late in the year. To, to mm-hmm. kind of space them out a bit. I, I do like that aspect quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, now we we need to know the road games, though, <laughs> for for obvious reasons. Well, so, I mean, the way that but, your schedule looks so far, you could be – man, there's a chance you're going to Ole Miss and Auburn in back-to-back weeks or Auburn and LSU in back-to-back weeks. Like that with, – with only three home SEC games and one of those coming early in the year, the other one late in the year. Like, yeah, there's a real chance you have – Back-to-back tough road games in consecutive weeks, and yeah, that's it, it's it's going to be a challenge for sure, man. Going to be a challenge, a fun one though. Yeah, I mean, this is what you signed up for, man. I mean, simple as that. It's what you signed up for, and yeah, you're going to have some years that aren't so great. I mean, this year everybody's complaining, uh, um, you know, about ten and two and about who we lost to, whatnot. Like, there are going to be some seasons where ten and two, man, it was a really good season. You know what I mean? So. 
you know, it, it'll 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 be a bit of a uh, you know bit of a jolt, no doubt. But I mean, the way we're recruiting, I like our coaching staff right now. I really like the, kind of the core, uh, especially if you get like Billy Bowman and Danny Stutzman back. Um, I think you're going to be in good shape. And I, I, I and I got I apologize. I got the date screwed up. Um, Bama is not Thanksgiving weekend. It's the weekend before yeah. Thanksgiving. Because they'll, they'll have to come to Norman and then play Auburn um, the, the week right. before. They're used to playing, like, uh, I, 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 I don't know, um, Jacksonville State or, you know, <laughs> non-power. They're definitely or used to Maine. playing a or, – or Maine, yes. <laughs> They're used to playing a non-power five before Auburn. Not next year in the new SEC. Wonder how I'm just Nick making sure the text line's that. listening. Good job, guys. Yeah. 405-651-3439 is the text line. We'll close up hour number two next with more college football. Join the movement. The Ref Army is growing. Don't miss a second of the Sooner coverage you want with the KREF app, the number one source for Sooner fans. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. At Knippelmeyer, we still do business the same way. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Greg from Lawton on the text line says, you know, guys, SEC is going to be awesome, but man, half your games are going to require bloodshedding to win. Tougher schedules from here on out. Greg could be talking about the team. He could also be talking about the fans as well. Yeah. <laughs> With hey. the trip to Baton Rouge coming up. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you got to keep your head on a swivel there in the SEC. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, more difficult. Feels like next year's schedule is going to be the one of the more difficult schedules that you've had in, uh, in recent memory. That's for sure. How about Cruton? Devon Mitchell loves the uh, the hiring here. Of uh, the co-OCs, Jackson Arnold commented on it with two emoji exclamation marks. But it it feels like we keep talking about continuity with this hire, and that's a big positive here. It doesn't look like it's going to have a big effect at all on this 2024 recruiting class. It feels like it's going to stay pretty much intact. And we're three day three weeks away until National Signing Day, and I, I think you got to feel pretty good about things on the recruiting front. Yeah, I mean it's. And it, it, that's part of the continuity, right? Because if you do go and hire somebody outside and they bring in staff, do they? depending on who they get rid of, you might have half your class leave. And signing day right around the corner, like you said, portal right here. I mean, this gives you an opportunity to not only keep most of your class in. I know Dozy left, but keep most of your class in. But, like, they're enthusiastic about it. And a lot of them are early enrollees, Tyler. Obviously, Devon Mitchell, Mike Hawkins, among others, they're early enrollees. So these guys are going to be coming into a system that is already ready to go for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, all all good news there on the recruiting front. And we'll see see who enters into the portal. Uh, For OU right now, you just have DJ Graham, who's announced his intentions on uh, hitting the portal. But... You'll, uh, you'll see some names here in the next couple of weeks. Will it be major names, key contributors for next year? I, I don't necessarily think so. I don't think that that's really going to be the case. But, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll have players enter in the portal, look to play somewhere else. And we'll keep you updated on all of it right here on The Ref. Final hours next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. You're listening to the home.